So 1 John chapter one, verse five through 10. I'm reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Last week, we talked about coming out of the dark and or through the dark. Today, I wanna talk to you about coming into the light. Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking over these next few moments that you would speak a clear word to us that would challenge us, it would convict us, it would leave us impacted, that we would never be the same. We thank you for it, and we are believing for victory in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. amen. I love this portion of scripture. You know, last week we were talking about the darkness that seems to surround us sometimes. Today I wanna deal with the darkness on the inside of us. God doesn't just wanna deal with the darkness that surrounds you, he wants to deal with the darkness that is on the inside of you. First John 1, 5 tells us that he is light, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This is really encouraging to me because it means really, truly, that there is no hidden agenda with God. He's not gonna present himself to be one thing and deceive you and be something else. He's not gonna win you with one thing and then deceive you and, and make you uh, do something else. The Bible teaches that you have been saved by grace through faith, not of works. You're not gonna get to some point in your relationship with God where he says, oh, I was just kidding. It's all about works now. No, he is who he says he is. Are you thankful for that? That he, is, he has no hidden agenda. He is open. He is honest with you. There's no small print with God. There's no small, there's no like fine print with God. There's no, uh, there's no in-app fees with God. Have you ever been on your iPhone phone and you went to get, a, get an app and when you went to the app, it said it was free, but underneath it said in-app purchases. You know what I'm talking about? And so you download the app and initially it's free, but if you really want to use the app, it's gonna cost you something. Aren't you thankful today that everything that God wants to give you is truly free? It's a gift from God. You get it through faith in Jesus Christ. He's not gonna come along and be like, hey, you know what? You, I would give you access to that, but you didn't pay enough in tithes. You didn't give enough. You didn't put enough in the offering this year. I can't, you know, God's not like that. Everything that he gives is a gift that was paid for already by Jesus Christ. I am thankful for that. You know, there's... There's no fast talk with God. You know, like you're watching a commercial and it's like, you take this and it's gonna, it's gonna heal you of your sickness. It's gonna make you all better. And then at the end, it's like, you might die. <laughs> it's not like that with God. I'm just grateful for that, that he is who he says he is. His way isn't just truth. It leads to an abundance of truth. His way isn't just light, it leads to an abundance of light. But darkness is a completely different thing. Darkness is deceptive. Sin is deceptive. Ravi Zacharias said, sin will take you farther than you wanna go, keep you longer than you wanna stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Has anybody in the room experienced that? 
That's the reality of sin is that it overpromises and underdelivers. It never is what it presents itself to be. The Bible says that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. But it also tells us in 2 Corinthians 11 and 14, it says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Huh. He walks around uh, acting like he is something that he is not. He masquerades. He pretends. He presents himself to be one thing, but on the other side is something completely different. That's why the Bible says sin is good for a season, but its end is death. <laughs> here's, here's the problem with, with blindness is, and darkness is they don't come to you looking like evil. Darkness comes to you looking like everything you ever wanted. It's so deceitful, and sometimes we get so blind that we mistake rocks for diamonds. We think in our hand we're holding diamonds, but we're so blind we can't see we're holding rocks. So I want to give you something. What do you want to give me? Oh, it's everything you ever wanted. Okay. We take it, and it's, it's rocks. It's death. It's destruction. It's pain. It's suffering. It's, it's everything contrary to what God wants for our life. So what's the answer? The answer is, hey, bring everything about you into the light. Bring it all into the light. See, the result of following Jesus, Jesus said, is life and life to the fullest. So you follow Satan, you follow darkness, you're gonna experience theft, death, and destruction. So what do I do? I, I bring it into the light. I bring everything about my life into the light. And there are some people in this room today that are like, I don't have anything to bring into the light. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that may work in church, when so many other people around you are pretending. But the people who sit beside you, who go home with you, they know better. <laughs> and even if they don't, the real you knows better. The real you, that part of you that you won't let anybody else see, even your spouse see and your friends see, knows that there is some darkness in you. And you, if you are here today and you say, no, man, there's no darkness in me, I, I I'm not here today because I need anything from God. I'm here today because I want to offer God all that I have to give him. <laughs> the Bible says you're a liar. You're deceiving yourself. Matter of fact, it says that you're calling God a liar if you say there's no darkness in you. So you might as well just go ahead, take the mask off today and admit there's some darkness in me. And sometimes it's really, really ugly. It's really ugly. It's there. It's there. I admit it. It's, it's there. <laughs> the mark of a Christian is not the absence of sin. The mark of a Christian is the consciousness of sin. People come to me all the time. They're like, man, I don't even know if I'm saved. Like, first of all, an unsaved person would not be asking this question are giving a rip right now whether or not they were saved. 
It's only a saved person, person who has a consciousness of sin who would recognize that there might be something in my life that doesn't look like God and God isn't pleased with it, so I need to do something about it. It's only a saved person that would say that. So the fact that you feel bad or you feel wrong doesn't mean you are unsaved. That's a very good indicator that you are saved today. It's not a lack of sin that makes you a Christian. It's a consciousness of sin that makes you a Christian. It's the light has shined into my life and it has exposed the darkness. I would be very afraid if I was in this room and I wasn't convicted about anything. Because if you have reached the point where light isn't exposing some dark area of your life, then you have already made it, you are already perfect, and you are, you are too good for us. You really shouldn't even be here today. You made it, bro. What are you doing? It's a waste of your time. If you're in here today and you know that the light comes to shine into my life to expose darkness and it doesn't come to hurt me, it comes to heal me. See, the light comes, it exposes where I'm, where I'm dark, but it also exposes that area because it wants to reveal to me the grace that's available to help me overcome that thing in my life. I don't have to be loyal to miserable. I don't have to be loyal to my sin. I don't have to stay in this condition. God has provided a way of escape for me in the place that I am. No matter what my thought patterns are, no matter what my behavior patterns are, God has provided a way for me to get out. I don't have to settle into some mediocre life that just puts up with this area of my life, but God has come so that he could shine his light into the darkness so that I could become who he has called me to be. Come on, a gospel without any power is no gospel that all. If God just came to save us and to cover us, but not change us, then what's the point of all of it? I'm thankful that he didn't just come to cover me, but he came also to deliver me. He didn't just come to equip me, but he also came to transform my life. Is there anybody thankful today for the transformative power of the God? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I don't want a form of godliness. I want the power of my salvation to be awakened in my life. I was brought out of darkness and into the light. So I bring it all into the light. And especially if I've got patterns of behavior. I'm not just talking about you lost your cool one day and you're like, man, that is not me at all. I'm sorry for that. But I'm talking about patterns of behavior. You obviously should repent when you do something that is out of character but for all of us, there are some patterns of behavior, patterns of thinking. There are cycles that keep repeating themselves in our lives. And sometimes we get a little bit free. But then we find ourselves falling back into that same temptation and into that same pattern. And, and we look at it and we're like, well, well, how in the world can I get free from something? And we spend so much time with it that now it's not even a matter of trying to overcome it. Now it's just a matter of trying to hide it. Cover it, not get caught. Can I tell you, though, one of the best things that could ever happen to you is for you to get exposed? One of the best things that could ever happen for you is you to get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. It's good for you. It's healthy for you because you cannot heal what you refuse to bring into the light. 
And when you've been dealing with it for so long, now you've developed a, a system around it to protect it, to keep you from being caught. Now you know the, the, the patterns of other people's behavior, so you know I can do this and not get caught if I do this within this. You created a system for it. You delete the history and you know she's not smart enough to. You opened up another account and you know she's not. Oh, man. You started a fake uh, Instagram account and you know. <laughs> oh, you got another cell phone that nobody knows about. You got that burner. The. I just, I just want you to know that the best thing for you would be for you to get caught. You can't heal. You can't conquer what you hide. You cannot do it. You have to get aggressive with that thing. Because you know what? It's being aggressive with you. It's not taking it easy on you. There are some things in your life, they're so hidden, but... The reality is, is if you let it stay hidden, it's not going to stay hidden long. It's going to eventually put you behind bars. It could potentially end your marriage. It could potentially end your relationships. You could lose your job. You got to get aggressive with it because it's being aggressive with you. It's not letting up on you. You can't sit on the couch and hope that this will change. You got to get violent with it. Matthew 11 and 12 is a very powerful portion of scripture. Jesus said about John the Baptist, he said, you know, ever since John the Baptist, he said the kingdom has been suffering violence. It's been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it. What Jesus meant by that was there was a time period where the kingdom had not yet come. And Jesus is saying that there were people that were aware of the kingdom, but it had not yet come. But they were full of so much faith that they were grabbing a hold of something that didn't belong in the day they were living in because of their violence, because of their faith, because of their persistence. There was a woman that came to Jesus one time, and Jesus turned her away three different times, but she kept going after Jesus. Jesus said, listen, I didn't come for you. I came for the Jew. I didn't come for the Gentile. But she was so persistent that he gave her something that didn't belong to her until her future. I just want you to know that there are some things that you will only get victory in your life in when you decide to get violent about it. When you decide to get persistent about it, when you're like, I'm going to fight this thing as hard as it is fighting me. I'm not going to sit around and wait for stuff to change. I'm not going to wait for some external light to come in and change me. I already have been saved from darkness. I have been brought into the marvelous light of God. I have victory over this. I am an overcomer. I am ahead and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed in my going in and I'm blessed in my coming out. The power of God is on my life. The favor of God is on my life. He's got a call on my life. I'm better than this. You've got to get active with it because it is actively chasing you. And one of the ways you get active with it is you stop caring so much about your image. <laughs> There's so many people that can't experience the light because they care so much about what people think. 
Remember, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not ashamed today. Like, like, I'm not up here today worrying about how you're gonna think about me after this sermon was over. If, if I sat up here and worried about what you would think, I couldn't do this. It would bury me. I would melt under the pressure of your expectation. But my hope today is not in your response to my sermon. My hope today is in the one I'm preaching about, the one I'm talking about. And so I can stand up here boldly because I, I honestly, I love you and I appreciate you and thank you for coming, but I don't care what you think. I, I don't care that you think I'm too loud. Do you know how many emails I get telling me I'm too loud? Like if you were just a little less aggressive, like we would love you, but like you're just a little too much for me. It makes me wanna just do a Stephen Furtick and grab the mic like this and get up in the mic. And be, I'll get even louder. You, you think I'm loud now? They can turn me up. You're a little too loud. You're, you're, you, you, people have told me, hey, just, you know, don't be that transparent. People will think bad things about you. I just have, I've lived so long that I just don't care what people think about me anymore. I'm not going to spend another day in bondage because I'm afraid of exposure. So laugh at me, make fun about me, Facebook about me, Instagram about me, give me a bad review on Google. I don't really care. All I care about is the one who died for me. Listen, if you would have died on a cross for me, maybe I'd care, but I don't. You didn't. He did. I didn't come to church today because I got it all together. I came to church today because I need Jesus, and I'm not leaving with anything less than Jesus. So, so go ahead and make fun of people when they worship out loud and people when they get a little crazy and people when they run around the room and people when they cry or people when they fall on their face. They ain't worried about you anyway. They came not for you, they came for Jesus. And just like me, they're not leaving until they get what they came for. This is a church that is unapologetic about the fact that we didn't come here to please people. We came here to meet with the living God and we're not leaving until he shows up in the room. Third service will just have to wait. I came here for Jesus. So excuse me if I get a little loud. Excuse me if I get a little rambunctious. Excuse me if I don't hold it all together. Excuse me if I wore clothes that make it more, more, more available for me to get a little bit wild. If I wore a suit, that bad boy would come off anyway. I wore a jacket this morning. It's sitting on the front row. I can't deal with it. I need to be able to fling my arms around and kick a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I can't kick. I'll, I'll rip a suit wide open. Hey, if you can praise God in your suit, you have learned to really praise God. You are a ninja, and I appreciate you coming in here and still giving God your best. It doesn't matter if you look good if you don't praise good. Coming here looking all fancy, but you won't give God the time of day. You better wear something that puts you in a position where you can run around this room if you got to. You can hop a little bit if you need to. You can lift your hands if you need to. Wearing a shirt so tight I can't lift my hands up. Worried about my wrinkles. The shirt will get wrinkled. I'll sweat through. I'm just at a point where I just don't care. Like, 
Make fun. Go ahead. Laugh. I'm, I, I, I feel like there's some people in here today who are like that woman with the issue of blood. You know what I'm talking about? The law said, hey, you got to stay inside. But she said, no, I've got to get to Jesus. And I don't care what other people are going to say about me. I don't care if they're going to condemn me to hell. I am getting myself to the hem of his garment. Is there anybody in the room who's like, I just came today because I just want to touch the hem of his garment. That's what I want. I'm like blind Bartimaeus. You tell me to shut up, I get louder. Hey, stop, stop, stop. No, he's like, I need to get Jesus's attention. I need him to know. I need him to know. Hey, I'm over here. I know you're walking by, but don't you dare leave this room without coming over here and talking to me, Jesus. You got to get aggressive with that thing. You got to get a little bit of an attitude. You got to get a little bit of a dog in you that says, you know what? I'm not leaving this place until I get what I came for. And it doesn't matter how much they make fun of me. I just, I want to be like Zacchaeus, that little short dude. He didn't have a little man's complex. He didn't care what anybody thought about him. He's like, I know I can't see Jesus. Some will get right up in this tree so I can see Jesus. I love people who are like, hey, I'm not going to let this thing that you think is a hindrance to me keep me from what God has for my life. I'll climb up whatever tree I got to just to see Jesus. And Jesus saw a lot of people that day, but he only went to one man's house that day. There's another woman. She fell on the floor in a room Jesus was in around a bunch of religious people. Bible says she was a prostitute and she found her way to a Pharisee's house. She walked in the middle of all of those guys she knew would be judging her, condemning her, fell on the ground and worshiped Jesus. Just been around this too long to worry about what people are going to think. I don't want to spend another day in bondage because I'm afraid of being exposed. People look at you and man, I wonder what they're going through to act like that. Meanwhile, I'm over here and my marriage is falling apart and I hate everything, but bless God, I haven't lifted my hands today. <laughs> At least I have my self-respect, okay? You can leave with your self-respect. I'm leaving with a touch from heaven, okay? And I don't care what it looks like to you. <laughs> Listen to me, the journey out of shame, the journey out of darkness begins when you betray the foundational belief that you must hide. And everybody in this room hides. We just hide in a couple different ways. Some of us, we hide in shame in the sense that we go and we literally hide. We cower. We live afraid. We live afraid of exposure and we hide in corners and we don't let people really see us. Another way we hide is we hide with self-righteousness. We hide in self-righteousness. We've failed in one area so we think overperformance in another area will cover up the area where we failed. So I've failed as a father, so what do I do? I work really hard because work, it's a virtue, it's a good thing. But where I, where I failed, I overperform in another area. And what this does is this develops really self-righteous people People who find it very easy to attack other people because they've fallen short, even though in their life they have monumental failures in their life. 
but because they've overperformed in one area, they think they have the right now You know, I'm just, I'm just over it. I'm just, I'm just over Christians attacking Christians. Done with that. Christians always do that. Christians always do that. You find that most of the people that constantly attack Christians for not being Christian enough are people with monumental failures in their own past. who are now living really well, going after God really well in this one area, only to use it as a way to throw bombs at you. Don't hide either way. Don't hide in pity and shame and and don't hide in self-righteousness. They're both destructive. Will you stand on your feet with me today? Hebrews 9 and 14 says, the blood of Christ will cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Listen, sin loves the dark. Disobedience lives in the dark and shame is the air you breathe in the dark. John 12 and 46, Jesus said, I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. The most essential part of walking in the light is this. First John 1 tells us, confessing sin. If we walk in the light, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He will forgive us. Proverbs 28 and 13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses them, renounces them, and finds mercy. Luke chapter seven, there's a woman, she's caught in the act of adultery, and she's thrown into the light in front of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. They grab this woman and they throw her in front of Jesus. And they're like, what are you gonna do about it? The law says she should be stoned. She's condemned to death. But Jesus makes a comment to the men around who are ready to stone her. He says, if you're without sin, then cast the first stone. Thank God they recognized who they really were. And they all dropped their rocks. The Bible says that Jesus got her attention. He said, hey, hey, look up. He said, where are your accusers? They're all gone. And he looked at her and says, neither do I condemn thee. Here's the thing about the light. You spend so much time trying to protect yourself that God says, why don't you, why don't you come into the light and I'll protect you? Why don't you bring it into the light and I'll do the protecting? Oh my God, he's a much better protector than you are. The Bible says in Psalm 27, five, it says, for he will conceal me when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Psalm 91 and four says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Your sense of perfection is not protection. Your education cannot protect you. Your background cannot protect you. Your job cannot protect you. Your performance cannot protect you, but he can. So he says, why don't you just come into the light? And when you come into the light, you'll look around and he'll, he'll be like, I shut all the mouth of your, I shut the mouths of your accusers. And I'm not here to, com- to accuse you either. And then look what he says. 
He says, no, go and sin no more. The reason Jesus can say go and sin no more is because he is the power to back up that statement. I can look at you today and say, go and sin no more. And that statement has no power to it because I can't empower you to do what I told you to do. That's why when I get up here and preach, I'm not like giving you this list of things. You do this and you do this and you do this. That's, that's, not, that's not how this works. I tell you what Jesus said. I can't, I, can't, I can't tell you to do something. Why? Because I don't have the power to give you to help you do it. The reason Jesus can look at people and say, now sin no more is because he empowers us to do what he told us to do. I just want you to know today, anything that God is expecting of you, he's going to give you the ability to do. Is there anybody thankful that God didn't just tell you to do a bunch of stuff, but he's also given you the power to do it? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your light comes to transform us, not just to acquit us, but to transform us. Not to just cover us, but to deliver us. Thank you for that. Thank you for light that shines in darkness. Keep exposing the areas of my life that need to be more like you. Help me to put on, to put on this new garment that you've given me, this new life that you've given me. God, help me to stop hiding in the dark. I need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Confession is powerful. Not only do we confess to God, but James says, when you confess your sins to God, he forgives you. But when you confess your sins with a brother or sister, you're healed. I want to tell you something today. One of the reasons you haven't been able to break that pattern is because maybe you talked to God about it, but you haven't talked to a brother or sister about it. And you're here today and you're like, man, I don't have anybody in my life that I can trust. Then you need to get a counselor, some professional counselor who's paid and it required by law to keep it between you and them. Because this doesn't mean that you go and tell somebody and now they're freed. I'm just gonna tell everybody else. Is that cool with you? No, that's not what that means. So I wanna tell somebody that I can trust to hold on to that thing, to hold me accountable to that thing. Why? Because secrets kill us, but accountability will heal us. So if I could encourage you to do anything to act on this sermon this week, not only confess those things to God, but find somebody, choose somebody that you can sit with and say, this is me, help me, pray with me, talk with me. I encourage you to get online today, find a crew you can go to. You cannot do the Christian life alone. You cannot get involved, get connected, take the growth track, get around people. You need accountability. I love you, thank you for being here. I kept you kind of long. So be patient in the parking lot. Go take a minute. God bless you. We'll see you soon. And if you need prayer, our prayer team's up front. As always, we love you.